think to become a real successful developer, you need a good, strong mindset, but you need to be tenacious to get through the challenges. So we naturally find something else which challenges us. So you know, embrace what you've got now because that's just part of your journey, isn't it? It's kind of a bit weird, but yeah. Welcome to the Property Developers Secrets podcast with me, Andy Cook, and me, Lloyd Girardi. So we're going to do something a bit different today. Um, there's been some questions coming in from the different episodes on this and some of the stuff out on YouTube. So we haven't seen the questions. We don't know what they are. Nope. And um, Jack and Josh are behind the camera. They're going to ask us some of the questions and then we're going to answer them. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be off the cuff. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Unedited. Unedited. Yeah. Go for it. Okay, so Rob said, how do you survive uh, on an income during the build? So pretty much, so how can you pay yourself during a build? So there's probably two aspects of this. I'll, I'll say it from my point of view when I first started, and then you can say it from the project manager's point of view if they've got experience on that yep. side. Okay, so two different ways. Um, like developments, the first thing obviously with developments is you don't really get paid until the end. Okay, developments is a strategy which can make a lot of money, um, but it's towards the end of a development. So... The way I had to do it myself, um, I was fortunate, I suppose, in a way that I didn't earn a lot of money at the time when I started. So I was on about £1,500 um, per month coming in. Um, and we started the development in September, but that was nine months after starting. So we'd gone through the whole planning process. We'd gone through the um, satisfying conditions to get started. But we had drawdowns of uh, development finance at the time. Um, but during the nine months leading up to that, I was trying to find um, a HMO, so a house of multiple occupancy, which we could convert and uh, rent out for income because we needed income. So that's the way that we found uh, income that way. I ended up saying to Andy, if, if I could take 100% of the rental income to start with to be able to quit my job to focus on developments, which he agreed to. So that was a thousand pounds. What a nice guy. What a yeah, nice guy. What a lovely guy. Um, that was a thousand pounds from the HMO and... Um, I then took £500 per month from the development finance to give me that £1,500 I needed to quit my job and focus on developments. And because of that, we found a lot more developments, a lot more HMOs, um, and we could really both focus on the, on the business together. Okay, so that was your side of it. You didn't have so much to add to the actual build process, so you concentrated externally to that. If you have, though, from my side, if you have skills that are relevant to the actual build, i.e. you're an architect... Um, maybe you are, you know, you've got your own building company, or even if you're just a project manager for one of the, the bigger companies, or you have the capability to be the project manager on site. Important point there is that you have the capability; you're not just calling yourself it. Um, but if it's a legitimate role in the build process, then you can pay yourself to do that role on your own development. So, um, you know, people sometimes think that, oh, well, the lender's not going to like that because it's taking money out of the, the build cost and the, the project cost. But it's the legitimate fee that would be paid to that person. You know, think of a QS. If they were doing a QS role for someone else and getting paid for it in their developments, they would be able to do that in their own development as well. And quite the opposite um, to the lender being annoyed by that, they will actually love it because it means that you've got sort of skin in the game with your own project and, you know, you're not going to want that project to fail. So you'll put more time and effort into it than you'll probably do doing someone else's. So, you know, it kind of protects them in a way. So you can get paid from day one on the build if you've got those skills to do it. If not, then you need to contract someone else. 
But if you're contracting someone else, you can carry on doing your job. You don't have to quit your job. You can just do it on the, on do the project on the side and you, you know keep in touch with the main contractor around your main job. Maybe reduce your hours a little bit. Um, so there's lots of ways you can do it. You don't have to wait just for the profit at the end in 15 months, as you asked in the question, Matt. Um, you can you know you can get some income through it. It was Rob. Was it? <laughs> Sorry, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Rob. Yeah, Rob, Rob Matting, Matt yeah. Robin. <laughs> finance in principle, in brackets, okay. investors before offering on a site, so it's like find a deal. Okay, so two different things here. So um, when we find a development that looks like it's going to stack up, uh, we put our offer pack forward. Um, at that point, we probably will speak to our broker to say, look, this is the rough figures. What kind of terms could we get? Um, and they will basically tell us how much the, the max loan could be towards that development. What's left is what we need to find from private investors. Um, so we've got that figure in mind. Now we will put the offer in without knowing where that money's coming from sometimes. So development finance, we know that's coming, um, whether it's that lender or a different lender at the time, but roughly they all work about the same sort of figures. Um, and then if there's 200, 300,000 pounds to find from private investors, um, then once that offer's accepted, it's a lot easier to talk to investors about the deal because it's a specific deal, it's tangible, you can then go and talk to your private investors. So at that point, we would then go and find the finance. Um, we could warm people up. We, we call it warming them up a little bit. So we say, look, there's an offer we've, we've made. Um, if it gets accepted, this is what it's going to look like. So we can talk to people uh, about what we do. But also throughout all the deals we do, we keep people in the loop of what we're doing. Social media, obviously this podcast, people know we are developers. Um, the Instagram, which obviously you, you're on. So, um, so Stickland followers is on that. Um, and you see what we do as a developer. So there are people out there that will probably have money that if we put a post out saying we're interested in investment, there might be people who come forward on that. So keep putting yourself out there on social media to show people what you do. And then when it comes to finding finance, it can be a lot easier that way. So hopefully that answers the question. What was our biggest blocker when we first got into development? Uh, well, I think that a lot of people we see through the, the training, money, finding money and you know, the, the mind block of finding money is a common one. And it was the same for us as well. You know, we went to the auction um, to buy the plot of land at St. James. Um, we kind of threw ourselves into it. We, there's a whole story. If you've not read Lloyd's book, Property Development, um, get yourself a copy of it. It's on Amazon. Uh, Lloyd will show you a copy here. Look, he's always got one to hand. Yeah, yeah. I think he's got one in his palm of his hand constantly. In fact, every time he goes on a goddamn holiday, he <laughs> takes several books and he leaves them wherever he is. So as that... Just to sow the seed of development. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I sign it and say, oh, I'm, hidden, I'm hiding this book. If you find it, contact me. So you know, I think I hide them really well because no one's ever contacted <laughs> me. But <laughs> oh, well. um, So, yeah. So basically, um, they find the book. But we went to the auction and um, we committed to a site. You get um, 29 days to pay for it. You get a month to pay for it, basically. So we had to go out and find money quickly. It wasn't an, an easy process for us in the same way as it isn't for everyone else because you've got that mind blocker, which was the question. Um, but we broke that down and we did go and find, you know, we got an investor who gave us £50,000. It took a, a couple of weeks. It didn't come instantly, but it showed us it could be done. We then got um, a bridging loan um, to top up the rest for the purchase for the auction which we did, I think we had 28 days and we did it on the 29th day, so it took a day extra. Um, but that gave us a bit more time. And once we had a bit more time, we could work on the relationships. We had the confidence of getting the first 50,000. And it, you know, we realized then that 
borrowing other people's money, using other people's um, money and not just putting our own money into it is the kind of key to doing as many developments or whatever size development you want. It means you can do the right deal rather than just the deal you can afford. And, um, and you know, we've, we've never looked back from that, really. We've built lots of relationships over the years um, through borrowing money. But that definitely is a blocker for a lot of people, isn't it, Lord? Yeah, absolutely. It was certainly the blocker that I was going to say that was going to be the same thing. Um, but I think the most important thing, like how we got started, is we had a real drive to do this. Um, there's so many things that were that could have stopped us. So we'd never built a development before. Um, we'd, uh, I certainly didn't have any time to do this. I certainly didn't have any, have any money to do this. Um, I didn't even think about market conditions. I didn't think about any of the things that a lot of people taught themselves out uh, or taught themselves out doing developments for. But anything that, anything that came up, we were determined to do this. So no matter what challenge was thrown at us, we had the tenacity to, to make sure we got through it. Um, problem solved together and did the development so I think to become a real successful developer you need a good strong mindset but you need to be tenacious to get through the challenges so yeah certainly money was a big blocker to start with but once we found out people can invest into deals it, yeah it became natural then so what, what's one thing we wish we knew when we started exactly that, yeah. okay um, I think wish we knew for me it's more on the refinance at the back end um and it's not necessarily that i wish i knew it i wish i appreciated the time it took to for development finance to come through so it took a long time and when you're waiting on it was eight hundred ninety thousand pounds we're waiting on to come through for our first development and we owed eight hundred ten thousand pound back to our investors I, that's a long process when you're waiting for it to come in you think you've done all the paperwork you think you've signed everything off you think you've satisfied everything the lender's asking for and then they ask for something else and then something else um yeah that was more frustrating more than anything but yeah i wish i appreciated the time it took bless you um for the refinance to come through i think for me i don't i don't wish i knew anything my journey is my journey you know yeah. like you know, it's been a self-development journey for us throughout the whole of this process. I suppose I more appreciate what I have learned through it. You know, I, I, it's taken us through the fitness journey. It's taken us through, you know, being better businessmen. It's, you know, we're better husbands. We're better fathers to our kids. You know, all that's come from doing developments, isn't it? So yeah. I, I don't necessarily wish that I knew it before I did the journey we've done over the last 10 years. But I appreciate that we have learned that through that, through the challenges, really, what's so formed it. Yeah, you're happy to have the challenges because yeah, yeah, yeah. adversity. But what what I'm stronger. pleased with is through us going through that, I can only speak for me, but through me going through those challenges and shaping me as who I am now, I'm able to then impart that onto my kids at a much earlier age. So, you know, my knowledge on investments, running businesses, you know, entrepreneurialism, all those kind of things, you know, I was an extension builder. I didn't have all that sort of stuff. You know, um, now I've got teenage boys. I've got three boys. I can get that across to them at a much earlier age. They already think better than I ever did, you know, probably better than I do now, let yeah. alone, you know, what I did at their age. So it's more that I appreciate that and I'm glad. And that to me is real legacy. Yeah. You know, we talked a bit about it at the weekend on the course, but it's... Um, you know, me for me, legacy isn't building buildings that I give to someone. It's about strengthening them inside Character so that they life. can, you know, do what they need to do to build their own life at an earlier age. Yeah, I think in life you have to go through challenges to yeah. progress. And we've said this before on a previous podcast, but this is something that one of our 
good friends, Brendan Hall, um, gave us, um, who said, a ship in the harbour is safe, but that's not what ships are for. So I think that's a very prompt um, saying as well. Like life is about going through challenges and building and progressing as people um, and overcoming those challenges will make you stronger and a better person. I think challenges always feel, they they always feel overwhelming when you're in them. You know, no matter what size the challenge, you know, you grow to accept it, even if you think it's overwhelming at the start, you know, it's always like that. But then once you get to the, and some challenges take a long time to solve, but once you get to the solution of it, it fades away really quickly, doesn't it? You know, if you think of the, the biggest challenge you've got now, you know, in a month's time, if you've solved it before then, you won't even think of it. You know, or the challenge you had six months ago. Think of the biggest challenge you had six months ago, and is it still relevant now? Probably not. But then one thing you're not going to appreciate is that when that challenge goes, we find another challenge. So it's not like, you know, you get rid of it and it's gone forever. We naturally find something else which challenges us. So, um, you know, w- you know, embrace what you've got now because that's just part of your journey, isn't it? It's gone a bit weird, but yeah. What excites you about developments and why did we start... Um, I think I've explained my story before, but I started because ever since I uh, can remember, I wanted my own business, like leaving school. I just wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to create something for myself. I wanted to um, be a creator, which I, I enjoy. I didn't know what I wanted. Um, so property came along when Andy was looking into property um, in 2013, but it just coincided with the same month, I suppose, uh, as when my dad passed away. And that for me was a kind of the kick up the ass I needed to say right I'm going to do something different with my life and I'm actually going to do what I've always wanted to do and that's when I spoke to Andy about starting a business he said he was looking into property at the time so it just happened to be that we looked into property together um, and I've seen nearly 10 years later um, I'm glad we did that uh, together in 2013-2014 um, and it's yeah it's been phenomenal so the part that excites me about developments is that it is always different it's always um a challenge like we just said and I like the challenges I like the I like problem solving so um yeah with developments you can put your own creative spin onto things you can find different deals different um it's always different so not it's not monotonous it's not the same um that's what excites me about developments is the difference that every site can have um yeah I think that I, I got into developments because it was an easy way to um you know remove the customer level with a small building company you're you're building your own work so um i think that that's that's amazing for a builder that you can you know you you can nail down a big project like that that can take you know give you work for the next 12 months as a team we still pay ourselves through the build and then we have the the, the cherry on top if you like so you know it's a, a natural upstep to your company where it was at the time yeah it? yeah yeah so you know that that was good that was a, and that is exciting um well, specifically, what excites me about developments? I don't know. Um, I suppose, like you say, it's the it is the challenges. I, I, you know, it is nice to. Well, now actually, what I like is the way that it. Um, you know, our whole team is growing because we do developments. You know, Darren worked with me for what eleven years, and now he's our site manager. You know, you've got Sam worked with me for eleven years, and now he's our carpenter and plumber. Vicky's worked with me for eleven years. You know, and now she's running part of the office here. You know, so the whole team, it's not just us who grow from it. Everyone grows from the fact that, you know, we do bigger stuff. So would we recommend someone's first site having plan of mission? Simple answer. Yes. Um, I think that, yeah, in the way that 
your first site's always going to be most complicated. There's a lot that can go wrong. There's a lot to consider. You've probably never bought a site before. There's the complications of how you work out your build costs, the complications of how you get credibility to get lending, how you find private investor finance. Everything is going to be new for the first time. When something's new for the first time, that makes it really challenging. So the planning process in itself is really complex. It adds a lot of time. It's... Um, you know, it's an element that if you can, is good to park for the next one. So that will all be decided if you either find something with permit development or, or if it's already got planning and you can simplify it. I think the problem that people have is that, you know, they want to, they want to go and find a unicorn, don't they? They want to go and find something that's got planning gain that, you know, is a, a garden plot for somebody that they write a letter to and, you know, that it's got the best build profit in the world and that you know that they want every element to be perfect on the first one when the first one's going to be going to be the hardest i think people need to have a longer term like vision that they want to be a developer for life the first one's a stepping stone to being a developer for life isn't it yeah and you you say it a lot that it's like starting to ride a bike the first one is going to get that bike moving it takes a lot of effort to get the momentum going but once the momentum's going yeah, it's it's a lot easier to to keep the momentum going, but you've got to sort of really dig in and go for it to start with. So to make it easier for you, find a site with planning. Pay for the site what it's worth with planning. Don't try and get a cheap deal. Don't try and negotiate down because you'll have to start negotiating. You'll have to go for planning fees. You'll have to pay for that. You'll have to find more money to do that. Just start simple. There you go. So that's the end of our questions. Hopefully that's been useful to you. Um, I think there's some good ones came out of that. Yeah, so. absolutely. And I think, look, if you've got any more questions, put them in the comments. Let us know. Um, we'll answer them. We'll go through them. So, yeah, appreciate that. We'll see you soon.